Congregation, would you please take your Bibles now for the message and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. As you're turning in your Bibles, I want to ask our Rosewood congregation right here in the sanctuary, and I want to ask our radio listeners to feel very much invited to our Mother's Day service on Sunday, May 8th at 11 a.m. We are planning on a wonderful Mother's Day message, and we have guest soloist Donette Thompson-Hall, who will be here honoring the Lord and blessing us with her music. And we have a wonderful Mother's Day gift for all ladies beyond high school age. You will have, drum roll please, you will have the option or the choice of either Tetley Tea Box with 72 tea bags or Maxwell House Coffee. So there will be no excuse ever again for you to fall asleep during the, the sermon. Just kidding, just kidding, right? We'll also be giving out one of these gifts to all the guests on Mother's Day, so I encourage you to use the invitations, church family here in the sanctuary, use the lovely invitations that you see to give to a neighbor, a friend, a relative, co-worker, and invite them and uh, encourage them to share Mother's Day service with us. Amen? Amen. All right. We come now today to a part of the Bible that I personally, as far as I recall, I have never brought a message from here. If some of you somehow know otherwise, correct me after the service, but... To the best of my recollection, I have never brought a message from here, and it's not a passage we would uh, eagerly go to, because the theme of 2 Samuel chapter 13 is the rape of Tamar. The rape of Tamar. And here is how the scripture begins to unfold. In 2 Samuel 13, verse 1, it says, Now David's son Absalom had a beautiful sister named Tamar. And Amnon, her half-brother, fell desperately in love with her. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar that he became ill. Have you ever known anyone getting sick over getting so much in love with someone? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't take time to Google it. All right? But she, Tamar, was a virgin, and Amnon thought he could never have her. Now, my friends, as we continue with the story here, we begin to see some principles and truths that can really impact your life and mine for the good. That can really help you and me to be the kind of person the Lord wants us to be and to live the kind of life the Lord God Almighty wants us 
to live. And so the first truth I want to share with you from the rape of Tamar, as we continue on in the story, the first truth is this. Beware of people who will get you into trouble. Beware of people who will get you into trouble. And this truth comes to the surface as we further read the story from verses 3 to 11. Follow along now, please. But Amnon, all right, Amnon had a very crafty friend, his cousin Jonadab. Have you ever had a crafty friend? Sounds like some of you have. Continue on, verse 3. He was the son of David's brother Shimea. One day, Jonadab said to Amnon, What's the trouble? Why should the son of a king look so dejected morning after morning? So Amnon told him, I am in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Well, Jonadab said, I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed and pretend you are ill. When your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Tell him you'll feel better, you'll feel better if she prepares it as you watch and feeds you with her own hands. Huh. Verse 6. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. And when the king came to see him, Amnon asked him, Please let my sister Tamar come and cook my favorite dish as I watch. Then I can eat it from her own hands. So David agreed and sent Tamar to Amnon's house to prepare some food for him. When Tamar arrived at Amnon's house, she went to the place where he was lying down so he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked his favorite dish for him. But when she set the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone get out of here, Amnon told his servants. So they all left. Then he said to Tamar, Now bring the food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him. But as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, Come to bed with me, my darling sister. As you reflect upon what we just read, I am sure that you, you would agree with me that one of the truths coming out here is beware of people who will get you into trouble. Verse 3 says, But Amnon had a very crafty friend, his cousin Jonadab. Reflect for a moment upon your own life and think about, think about whether you've had someone that's been uh, kind of like Jonadab. Maybe as a child, a teenager, or even later in life. The simple truth, my friends, is this. Whether, whether it is a friend or relative, we must make sure, we must make sure we evaluate every piece of, of advice that someone might give us. We must evaluate every piece of advice 
by God's standards. Amen? Obviously, in our biblical account, Jonadab ended up leading Amnon down the wrong path, which causes me to ask this question. And I encourage you to ask the question of yourself. What kind of influence, what kind of influence are you upon your family, your friends, your acquaintances? Do you encourage them to go down the wrong path? Or do you inspire them to seek God's path? I wonder sometimes, I wonder how much sorrow the whole family could have, could have been spared if Jonadab, if Jonadab had said to Amnon something like this. If, if Jonadab had said, cuz or cousin, stop thinking. Stop thinking about what you were thinking about Tamar. Stop that, cuz. I wonder also, I wonder how many alcoholics could have been saved from alcoholism if a friend or a relative had said to them in the early stages, listen, listen, don't, don't even take one alcoholic drink. Alcohol will end up controlling you instead of you controlling it. I wonder how many drug addicts could have been spared a life of addiction if a friend or relative had said to them, listen, listen, don't, don't, don't even try anything. Don't even try any drug. When I was studying in seminary, preparing to become a pastor, I became friends with a young man who in many ways seemed very normal, but on, on regular occasions as we talked, Sometimes he would go through a phase where he just couldn't think. And I'd look at him and he just seemed kind of spaced out. And I remember the first time I, I said to him, I said, my, my friend, are, are, are you okay? Or can I, can I help you with something? You're not feeling well. And he said, well, he said, you know, when I was a teenager, I got into various kinds of drugs and my doctors told me that parts of my brain got fried. And so sometimes I go through these phases such as you have just experienced. He said, I, I did the drug scene and now I'm paying for it. I also wonder how many how many gambling addicts could have been prevented from ruining their finances and families if someone, someone had said to them, listen, don't get sucked into gambling. Don't get sucked into gambling. It will only ruin your life. Amen? Beware, my friends. What we're talking about is beware of people who will get you into trouble and be a person who helps others to what? To stay out of trouble. Right on? There's a second truth that comes to the surface, which I'm sure you, you see yourself. Second truth is this. 
make decisions to practice self-control and to not give in to temptations. This clearly comes from verse 11, but through the whole passage as well. Verse 11 says, but as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, come to bed with me, my darling sister. Come to bed with me, my darling sister. Basically and obviously, Amnon allowed lustful desires to dominate his life. The Life Application Study Bible has an interesting paragraph where the author says this. The author says, he grew into a prince with too much time on his hands and too little control over his thoughts. Amnon set in motion one of the most shameful and destructive series of actions in the royal family. He allowed himself to become obsessed with sexual desire for his half-sister Tamar. And when, he, when his attempt to seduce Tamar failed, he raped her. And then his desire for her became loathing and he humiliated her. He even made it look like the incest was his sister's fault. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, Amnon failed to practice self-control. And he gave in to temptation. My friends, here is the good news. Here is the good news. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, teaches us this. Let's read it together in unison. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That is the New Living Translation. God is faithful. Here's some more good news from Galatians 5.23. It tells us the fruit of the Spirit is, we have a wonderful list, and then it says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. In other words, the Lord, the Lord wants to help you and me practice self-control no matter what the issue might be. No matter whether it is sex or stealing or lying or eating or cheating or gossiping or arguing or whatever. God says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And that's good news. That's great news. I want to invite you today to make a decision with God's help and God's empowerment, the Spirit's empowerment, to practice self-control and not to give in to whatever temptation comes your way or comes my way. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. Right. Let it be so, Lord. There's a third truth that struck me as I continued to read and reflect upon 2 Samuel chapter 13. The third truth is this. Be willing to stand up for what is right. Be willing to stand up for what is right. And this truth comes out of verses 11 and 12. Look at it with me. Verse 11 says, But as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, Come to bed with me, my darling sister. No, my brother, she cried. Don't be foolish. Don't do this to me. 
Such wicked things aren't done in Israel. Where could I go in my shame? And you would be called one of the greatest fools in Israel. Please, just speak to the king about it and he will let you marry me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. And since he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Now, we have to give, I believe, we have to give a lot of credit to Tamar for at least she tried to stand up. You heard it. She tried to stand up for what was right. Isn't that true? And ladies and gentlemen, if your boyfriend or girlfriend wants you to have sex before marriage, do as Tamar said and say no. No way. If you are married and some other man or woman is making advances at you, show them, show them your ring and say, no, no way. If you are being invited to, to make money in an unethical way, say, no. You know, sometimes we adults can, can learn from little children Many of you know that uh, two-year-olds often go through a phase where they say no to almost anything. Now, my grandson will be two at the end of this month, and uh, I'll be interested to see if, if he goes through that phase. I don't know, and I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. How many of you had children who at around age two often said no? How many of you? How many of you? Wow, all right, a lot of you. Well, um, you know, sometimes to, 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 to a two-year-old, uh, a parent might say, sweetheart, please, please eat your food. No. <laughs> Baby, let's change your diaper. No. Honey, let's go to bed. You need to go to sleep. No. Angel, be nice to the cat. No. <laughs> Precious, listen to your mom. No. Sweetie, don't, don't break your toys. No. Honey, don't throw my hairbrush in the toilet. No. There are times, there are times when youth and adults need to be willing to stand up in a different sense, to stand up for what is right and say no. No. There's a hymn with the title, Yield Not to Temptation, which is very encouraging. Here's what it says. A couple of the verses say, Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you some other to win. Fight manfully onward, dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus, he'll carry you through. Isn't that beautiful? Ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you, he will carry you through. And then another verse says, To him that overcometh, God giveth a crown. Through faith we shall conquer, though often cast down. He who is our Savior, our strength will renew. Look ever to Jesus. He'll carry you 
through. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Let me take you to a fourth truth from 2 Samuel chapter 13, and it is this. Read it out loud from the big screen. Number four, never take advantage of a person and never treat someone like dirt. This truth comes from verses 14 to 19. Here it is, beginning at verse 14. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her, and since he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Then suddenly Amnon's love turned to hate, and he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, no, Tamar cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you've already done to me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servant and demanded, throw this woman out and lock the door behind her. So the servant put her out and locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long, beautiful robe, as was the custom in those days for the king's virgin daughters. But now Tamar tore her robe and put ashes on her head, and then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. She went away crying. Verse 14 says, Amnon raped her. Obviously, rape is strictly forbidden by God, strictly forbidden in our Holy Bible, strictly forbidden by the law of the land. Look at verse 16 once again for a moment. No, no, Tamar cried. It's up on the screen, by the way. But let's read it in unison. No, no, Tamar cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you've already done to me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. Think about this. Why did Tamar say what she said? Because Amnon's crime destroyed her chances of marriage. You see, in their day, in their day and age, and in their culture, because she was no longer a virgin, she could not be given in marriage. This was a terrible thing in many, many, many ways for her. Notice further verse 17. Look at verse 17. Read it out loud together. He shouted for his servant and demanded, throw this woman out and lock the door behind her. What was, what was this guy doing here? What was he doing? By throwing her out, Amnon made it look as if Tamar made a shameful proposition to him and there were no witnesses on her behalf because he had gotten rid of the servants. Remember that? Right? The bottom line, the bottom line is this. Amnon took advantage of Tamar and then treated her like dirt. It's terrible. Have you ever taken advantage of a person? And I'm not talking, I'm not talking specifically about the kind of advantage this, this fella took of Tamar. For example, for example, have you, ever, have you ever sold a car or a house and deliberately failed to disclose some significant problems with the car or the house? 
I hope you haven't. Have you known someone who has treated someone else like dirt? Perhaps after church today, perhaps after church today, someone might, someone might need to phone someone up and say something like, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, some time ago I, I ripped you off. Please forgive me. I need to make things right with you, and here are the steps I'm going to take to make things right. And the bottom line is we learn, we learn from 2 Samuel chapter 13 to never take advantage of a person and never treat someone like dirt. Right? There's a fifth truth that begins to surface in this story which which I hope you'll begin to see as I draw your attention to. And the fifth truth is this. Parents, discipline your children or else something worse might happen. Wow, I didn't know I'd get that kind of a response. And this truth comes out in verses 19 through 39. Now we won't read, we won't read the whole section, but look at what it says starting in verse 19. Look at what it says starting in verse 19. But now Tamar tore her robe and put ashes on her head. And then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. Her brother Absalom saw her and asked, is it true that Amnon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now, since he's your brother. Don't worry about it. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard what had happened, he was very angry. And though Absalom never spoke to Amnon about this, he hated Amnon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. Now stick with me. Two years, two years after Amnon raped Tamar, Absalom set up a situation, Absalom, the other brother, Absalom set up a situation in which Amnon was killed. Look at verse 28 and 29. Absalom told his men, wait until Amnon gets drunk, then at my signal, Kill him. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who has given the command. Take courage and do it. So at Absalom's signal, they murdered Amnon. Then the other sons of the king jumped on their mules and fled. Now, some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, what does that have to do, what does that have to do with us parents disciplining our children. Here's the answer. Verse 21, verse 21 says, when King David heard what happened. King David was Amnon's father. Remember that? King David was Amnon's father. Verse 21 tells us that when Amnon's father heard that Amnon raped Tamar, he was very angry, rightfully so. 
However, however, King David did not in any way punish his son Amnon for his crime. In regards to verse 21, the Dead Sea Scrolls say this. They say, King David did not punish his son Amnon because he loved him, for he was his firstborn. Now, my friends, it is hard for me to understand, and it's probably hard for you to understand as well, it's hard for us to understand how and why King David did not discipline and did not punish Amnon for raping his sister. Perhaps, perhaps David didn't want to anger Amnon because he was his firstborn son and therefore was next in line to be king. Maybe that was part of it. Or it could also be, and I believe this is probably the bigger reason, it could also be that King David knew that David himself was guilty of a similar sin in his adultery with Bathsheba. And maybe he felt like saying, who am I to punish my son? I've done worse than he has. Does that make sense to you? Now, tragically, tragically, since Father King David didn't do anything about Amnon's crime, I wonder if the other brother, Absalom, felt like he had to do something about it. And sadly, two years later, two years later after the crime, Absalom had his brother Amnon killed as verses 28 and 29 tell us. And furthermore, in addition to that, as the story unfolds, we discover that King David did not discipline or punish Absalom for killing his brother. You know, King David had been a, a great king and military leader, but he lacked skill and sensitivity as a husband and father. And we all need to learn a lesson from that, don't we? When I say all, I'm talking about us men. One of the very important lessons we learn from King David, Absalom, Amnon, and Tamar is the need for us parents to discipline our children before something worse happens. It's, it's for their own good and the good of the family and the good of others. And just, just so there is no misunderstanding, just so that no one goes away misunderstanding me, I want you to know I'm not, I'm not talking about spanking, I'm not talking about hitting or beating or starving your child, no. I'm talking about us parents trying to use some appropriate form of discipline which will help our children and young people know that certain kinds of language, certain kinds of behavior and actions are wrong and will not be tolerated in our family. Amen? 
a dear mother whose son was now grown up told me recently of something she did to try and correct her son's wrongful behavior. When her son was nine or 10 years old, he was caught stealing a chocolate bar from a store. The store owner called the mother and asked her what they should do. She told them to call the police, take him to the police station, and have a stern talk with him. And that's what they did. He never stole again. My friends, may the Lord help. May the Lord help all of us to exercise loving, wise, and helpful discipline towards our children, youth, and grown-up kids. Amen? Here are the five truths that we have gleaned from the rape of Tamar today. As you reflect upon them, use them to help you become the kind of man, woman, young person God would have you to be. Beware of people who will get you into trouble. If there's someone that is regularly, regularly leading you down the wrong path, but that person doesn't stop that, maybe you need to stop that relationship with that person. Amen? Perhaps today you need to make a decision to, to practice self-control in a certain aspect of your life and not to give in to temptation. Make that decision today. Don't say, oh, someday, someday, someday. No, today, today's the day to make that decision, make that choice. And as you face, as you face various situations this coming week, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's in the neighborhood, whether it's in your own family, be willing to stand up for what is right. And as you consider your interactions and your dealings with anyone, never take advantage of a person and never treat someone like dirt. And parents, let us indeed lovingly discipline our children. As we sing this closing song, some of you may want to come and spend some moments in prayer at the altar here. Would you stand, please? Some of you may want to come and spend some moments in prayer. Some of you may want to come and pray and pray for a child or a young person in your life, in your family, or someone else's family that, that you know, that you know is off track, is on the wrong path, and that, that son or that daughter needs, needs to be prayed over like crazy. Maybe your prayers are going to make the difference. You come and pray for that person. Others of you, others of you, you come and 
pray about whatever, whatever truth especially impacts you today. Now I understand, my friends, that this, this is not an easy message. I understand that. But there are truths here that, that many of us need to hear and to put into practice. Amen? And the good news, the good news is the Lord by His Spirit enables and empowers us to be willing to stand up for, his, for what is right. Because as we said earlier, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Seek the Lord. We begin to seek the Lord when we ask for forgiveness of sins and believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And we say, Lord, I commit my heart and my life to you. I give you myself. I seek you, Lord, and I want to begin this relationship with you, and I want to become the kind of person you want me to be. Lord, fill me with the fruit of the Spirit. Fill me with the fruit of the Spirit, Lord.